the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods, moving and storage studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, best-selling author, is my co-host today. And a big day for Dr. John and all the folks here at Ramsey. We are really excited. Uh, His brand-new book, uh, Building a Non-Anxious Life, goes on sale today. The pre-order goes on sale today. And uh, many of you have already responded to the pre-sale. And uh, the book actually comes out October 8th. October 3rd. October 3rd. Thank you. And uh, it is absolutely incredible. I'm very excited as uh, the CEO of Ramsey and as a fellow Ramsey personality for the content of this book. It's absolutely incredible. How to build a non-anxious life. So, John, how do you build a non-anxious <laughs> I'm life? I'm still figuring this out myself. <laughs> um, so... Don't, don't put out a book in front of 22 million people. That'll help. That's exactly right. So um, I think it goes back to a couple years ago, right, um, when I, I was um, put on air to talk about uh, the world had gone sideways, and we were talking about anxiety, about it's anxious and stressed and burned out because we were all locked in our homes. And we threw that quick read out, uh, Redefining Anxiety, just a quick little, hey, guys, this isn't the problem. And that resonated so well. And Anxiety is the symptom. That's exactly right. Not the problem. And we thought that when we opened things back up and we got back to quote unquote normal, we'd all be good. And it feels like things have continued to cascade sideways. Everybody, if you look at the data, everybody's anxious, burned out, stressed out. I tell audiences, half of you are struggling with anxiety and the other half of you are married to somebody who is, right? Yeah. So everybody's cooked. And so really looking at anxiety is not the problem anxiety is the symptom anxiety is the alarm system so if you're going to solve it if you're going to build a non-anxious life you have to actually go to the source that's right you don't just take the the batteries out of the alarm that's right you got to go to the source and it is what's causing it it's about building a different life man we are living lives that are not free we're not dealing with reality we have ignored our health we have ignored um, our relationships we're just a mess we're untethered mess and so this book was really me walking through this myself, right? Um, what are the? How can I distill down the neuroscience? How can I distill down the, the 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 ancient wisdom that you get in the Bible? How do I distill all this down to six daily choices that a person can make every day to build a non-anxious life, are. man? There they are. And um, I'm 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 pretty jazzed about it. Pretty excited about it. Yeah. It it and it. Uh, the thing is, there's so it's it's this wonderful combination of grandmother's wisdom Mm -hmm. and uh, biblical wisdom and, uh, you know, academic uh, prowess. I mean, you know, you've got the two PhDs, and so this stuff is not, it's not made up. This is all researched and dialed in uh, very, very carefully, and yet it's very accessible and very readable. That. The most um, the most important thing for me was that my 13-year-old son could sit down and understand what this book was about. And I, I caught him reading it the other day. Um, it lets me know, dude, it, There's if you want to go read a bunch of journals, those journals are out there. And for for the large swath of America, and, and getting to be myself included, those aren't accessible. Um, I me, want some, meaning you can't understand them. You can't understand them. them. And, and if you can, it's hard to apply it. So I wanted to create a book that put in the hands of men and women fathers and daughters and brothers and sisters 
how can we change our lives? And very similar to what you've done with money, which is to take a complex zoo of 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 uh, of a financial system and just distill it. Here's how you live your life, man. I've tried to do the same thing with the anxiety and the burnout and the stress that we're all feeling. You know, one of the six choices is connection. Mm-hmm. And um, where you've gotten, and I think the cell phone, uh, the, the smartphone has um, made it worse, but we've gotten just horrible at personal relationships yeah. and having a friend. That's right. And staying connected with human beings. Right. Uh, borrowing a cup of sugar from your neighbor instead of having Amazon drop it on your front porch. Yeah. You know, and then you have a conversation with your neighbor and you find out, oh, they're, they, you know, their husband's been ill. You know, I mean, oh my gosh, you find out stuff when you actually talk to human beings and have connection. And when you lose connection, a hermit is a, you know, being a hermit, whether it's a technological hermit or a real hermit, that's mental illness. It's not good for you. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good for you. I had this experience recently. My neighbor, um, he's in his 70s. He's as an old farmer, worked the land, and we had a bad rainstorm, and it washed out my gravel driveway. And I saw him in his tractor grading my driveway for me. Didn't even ask him to. Just grading my and driveway for him. he didn't ask him. you if he could. That's right. He started doing it. <laughs> but listen, my wife made some – she's a, a, a world-class gardener. She she made some some – jars of pickles she made some sourdough bread brought over some venison that we had that we from last season and we brought him over a basket and he was working on his yard and i brought hank with me and i brought josephine with me and he looked at me and he dropped his shoulders he's sweaty as could be he came over and gave me a big hug and i thought this is what neighbors are supposed to be yeah. right you help me out i want to honor you and your family and I honored you. Not I didn't write you a check. And he said, I don't want your money because I was going to bring him cash. He goes, I don't, I'm not taking your money. But when we brought him canned goods that, that represented time, that represented our garden, love. that meant something to it's him, love. right? And it was about connection. And my kids got and to see And when you that. don't have that. That's exactly right. Bottom line is the anxiety alarms are going to go off. They, they have to go alarm. humans are made to hang with humans. Your body knows you're not, not safe. It is not good that men be alone. That's right. That's right. Your yeah. body knows you're not safe. And now I know, no matter what happens, i got a great neighbor next to me yep. that loves my family. Yep. Right? That's awesome. Yeah, and and that's, just a, that's just a little piece of this book, man. I'm excited exactly. about it. Exactly. That's one of the six choices that's right. to building a non-anxious life. Brand new book comes out. October 3rd, it goes on sale today as a pre-sale, and uh, here's the thing, $20 for the book, and if you buy it in pre-sale, starting right now, you get $75 in free bonus items. Instant access to Dr. John Deloney's newest talk, Smoke, Fire, and Freedom, that breaks down some of the mythology about this that we believe about anxiety and help you reclaim your life. You get that talk right now. You also get the ebook and the audio book of Building a Non-Anxious Life. When the book comes out, we'll send those to you as well. All of that is a $75 value, all for 20 bucks. And, of course, you get the book, too. Uh, and pre-sale helps John, and it helps us it with is. the marketing. So the more we can pre-sell, the more it helps with the bestseller list. And the more it helps with the marketing. So if you want to help him out, the best way to do that is for you to get the deal of the century, $75 worth of stuff for 20 bucks, including the book. And you can pre-order starting right now, ready, set, go at RamseySolutions.com. Jump in our store and RamseySolutions.com and uh, get it pre-ordered. And uh, really incredible endorsements that you got from both the mental health community, also some friends that we have like... Uh, Joshua Fields Milburn over at uh, 
at the, mili- the minimalist guys. Minimalist, yeah. yeah. And, and, and Will Gadara, the world-class restaurateur. Yeah. And Dr. Caroline Leaf yeah. and uh, Dr. Lane Norton also. Sal Stefano, some of the greats, man. Some yeah. great, great folks. Michael Easter from uh, Comfort Crisis. Yeah. Good, good endorsements. So, good book. It's a great book. And really excited about this material and get it again into your all's hands. Building a non-anxious life at RamseySolutions.com. Jump in the store and get it right now. selling author of the book own your past change your future and the new book out today uh, on pre-sale dr john deloney the new book building a non-anxious life open phones at 888 dr john my co-host today terry is with us in chicago hi terry welcome to the ramsey show hi uncle dave hi john hey what's up Yeah, so basically, I'm a business owner with irregular income. I am married, but I cannot, unfortunately, get my husband to combine these finances. I'm aware that we do need to work together, and uh, counseling is definitely crucial. But at this point, I'm 52, and I need to go ahead and do this on my own. I've done it before. Um, I did something foolish. I started uh, using my credit cards again. Um, basically I relocated my business and when I relocated my business, I think I kind of just kind of went over spending, um, for the business. And now, uh, the location that I am, that I'm at now, uh, we are, um, I think, you know, we're in the June, July. So usually the summer months are really slow, but I didn't think that with the relocation, it well, would be. Terry, what's your slow. question? So the question is, because I need to go ahead and start doing this on my own, um, I definitely have a lot of debt, and I have done baby step number one and number three multiple times, um, but I'm just trying to figure out what is the best way to go about paying off my debt. Um, so that's pretty much what it is. Um, yeah. <laughs> How long you been married? Um, well, hey, we just 10 years. Mm-hmm. And why, why is it he doesn't want to combine finances? You know what? He's he's kind of, I don't know. He's it, I can't really go off into all of the details. If I did, everybody would know who I am. However, um, at this point, you know, it's just kind of like I, he just does not want to uh, combine finances. He's content with just, you know, giving his portion of what's, uh, what we're going to pay for the home. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do carry part of what the responsibility is in the home in terms of the utilities. Yeah, I'm but sorry. Again, I can't, I can't go along with this. I don't, I don't, I agree. I'm, I'm not going to participate in this insanity. I, I, I agree. I agree. This is unhealthy and you know, it's unhealthy and you refuse to deal with it. Why? Oh, I'm definitely trying to deal with it. No, you're not um, trying to deal with it. You're trying to work around it. Um, short of. You know, we need to we need to get to the bottom. I know I I don't I can't really tell you everything, but at the end of the day, I'm I'm feeling stuck, mm-hmm. um, and I don't want to feel stuck. I feel like I, I want to do this with him, but I know I'm going to have to just do it on my own for my on my portion. Um, so, so here's the thing: you, you you let's take that track. You know how you know what to do. Mm-hmm. You put your debts in in order, smallest to largest, and you pay them off. Absolutely. But you've got to, so that, that math problem is simple. You're too smart. You know that. Mm-hmm. I, say, I think you're asking Dave and I a different question. Um, 
no. Uh, what it is, I don't. The, the amount of money that I have saved uh, is not equal. To, it's not equal to what I need to pay things off. Um, like but I but, said, it's, I put, but here's the thing. Here's mm-hmm. the thing. You've got two big messes. I don't. It, I think you're I talking do. around the bush about your business. I don't think your business is is, is, is as successful as you thought it was going to be. And I think you have to make some hard some hard choices about your business. And your marriage is at that 10-year mark, and there's a 7- mm-hmm. to 10-year window when people start to open their eyes and they exhale and they realize, mm-hmm. this is the way this is going to be. Mm-hmm. And we need to have some hard conversations about what comes next, or we have to make peace with this is the way this is. But Dave said it right. You're, you are accepting in rhetoric. You are not accepting this in reality. Because reality says, I'm going to turn on all the lights. I'm going to stop the music. And I'm going to tell my significant other, the, the marriage we've built thus far ends today. Will you build something new with me? And they call that vulnerability, and it's got, vulnerability's got this great um, cachet about it, and it's wonderful and great, except that vulnerability means somebody may hurt you. And he may look at you and say, I will not be a part of a marriage where I'm going to be all in with you. And you have to deal with that reality, and you're not. That's a scary place to be, but that's the truth of the matter. And you, and I'm not saying you got to end your marriage. You may have to say, okay, fine. I'm on my own inside my own house. That's what she is saying. And if that's, if you've gone she's to the end of the earth. I mean, well, she's acquiesced. I mean, she gave up and says, I want to go work this by myself. And the problem is your probability of building wealth when your spouse is not participating is very low. It's hard. You, you might clear out. You might clear out the debt, but the number of times that we interviewed millionaires, ten thousand one hundred sixty-seven of them, that they said, "I did this while dragging my spouse, kicking and screaming, all the way, and became a millionaire anyway." When they didn't participate, they didn't help. I basically had a roommate and a joint venture, not a marriage. And the number of times that that happens statistically in the data is almost never. I mean, it, it's a it's way less than 5%. Yeah. And so what you're asking to do is um, statistically improbable. Uh, can it be done? Well, good Lord, yeah, I'm, most anything can be done. But it's just it's unhealthy because now what we're saying is we're just going to put our hands over our ears and go la, 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 and pretend like this is not going on, and we're going to go on about our way, and we're going to try to be try to be wealthy anyway, and we're going to try to get out of debt and stay out of debt anyway. But something else is going on here that y'all really need to get the bottom of for the sake of your marriage, also for the sake of your futures. If you find – so let's let's go to the end. Let's, if you find yourself and, you're, and the person you're married to says, I'm out, I'm not doing this. I'm not recommending you, then you run to divorce court. No. That's, that's not the way to go. But then you're going to follow the baby steps the way you follow the baby steps. And you're going to have to create a life where I may have to go get second jobs. I may have to go get third jobs. I may have to figure this thing out. And you may have to go to counseling on your own if the person just refuses to go with you. Um, but my hope is that someone would see your determination. They would see the path you're taking and see the light that's coming on in your eyes. And they'd say, hey, I want to be a part of that. I know that's not true if you're married to someone who struggles with addiction, if you're married to somebody who just doesn't care, someone who's struggling with certain kinds of mental... I get all that. But at some point, you either have to say, hey, this is it. We're going to have this final conversation. And if they won't do it, I mean, they won't do it. Um, Yeah, Dave, sometimes it's throwing your hands up and saying, ah, whatever, it's not worth it. And sometimes, I mean, you're just... I mean, the old ball and chain is the old ball and chain. You're married to a guy that just says, I ain't (laughs) getting off the couch. Um and then you got some hard choices to make, I guess. Yeah. 
that's where you're facing. And so I'm just telling you that in doing this in spite of your spouse, folks, um, and everything staying separate, A, it's a lot harder, and B, your probability is just not there. Uh, and then what we're dealing with is the money problems are not a problem. They're a symptom of your relationship problems. That's what's going on. And, and I, I think it's important to double-click on that. Um, if somebody won't work with you, mm-hmm. your biggest issue in your life is not your debt. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to say. Your yeah. biggest issue is you've got a marriage that's that's sick and mm-hmm. that has fallen apart and that is, is slowly killing both of you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, again, him refusing to put your money together is not a – uh, a philosophical stand it's a relational spear through the heart right he's throwing darts or somebody who's uh, in and you know another thing dave we, we he's hear saying this a i lot. don't trust you that, well i was gonna say it may be that this is the third or fourth time you've moved your business and gone back on credit cards and he's saying hey i ain't i'm not i'm not you're, hitching my wagon you're out of control you're not trustworthy and so maybe it's about you coming to the table and saying hey I've been struggling. I haven't been right with this stuff. I'm willing to change. Will you join me? Right. Yeah. And that's almost always the best way to approach it. But um, he may be watching you be a train wreck over there and going, I don't want to ride on that train. I don't want to be on that train. That's, yeah. that's right. That's right. That, that may be the way you solve it. But anyway, yeah, That uh, the thing is you need to get up under this thing and solve that part of it for the quality of life that you have uh, going forward and uh, you know, for your relationship to prosper and then for your money to prosper. They very seldom are not connected. Right. These are not compartmentalized, departmentalized things. You can set this over here and pretend like this other isn't happening. They are woven together inextricably. You cannot get away from it. And so it's just, it's tough. So I hope you can I hope you can get to the bottom of it, Terry. I hope you guys can find some peace and uh, f- find some, you know, unity at your place. This is The Ramsey Show. Are you working the baby steps? One of the smartest and most impactful changes you can make is to ditch your cash value life insurance plan, if you have one, and replace it with a term life policy. Listen, the only thing a cash value policy is good for is overcharging you for the life insurance and then paying you a crappy rate of return on your overpayment. Stop wasting your money and really focus on getting out of debt and growing your savings. For over 25 years, I've trusted and used Xander Insurance to find the best rates on term life insurance from the top rated companies. They keep the whole thing simple. You can apply online or over the phone, and they even have low-cost plans that don't require an exam. Go to Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. Even if you don't have a cash value policy, if you're one of the 70% of people who have no life insurance or not enough, it's even more important to get this done. 800-356-4282 or Xander.com. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author is my co-host today. He's also the host of the Dr. John Deloney podcast, which you need to tune into if you want to hear about relationships and uh, mental health issues and all kinds of fun stuff. It's an exciting, fun show. There's always something wacky going on and always good information for you you to use in your daily life as well. Dustin is in Dallas, Texas. Hi, Dustin. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. How are you doing today? Better than I deserve. What's up? Good. Um, so I have this question about, uh, I have a 401, I changed jobs and I have a 401k sitting, um, there and I'm, um, very tempting to take that 401k given that the we're moving. So I'm selling my current home, moving to Phoenix 
And it's very tempting to take that 401k and take the 30% hit and put that on the next home to drive my, to, so that I can get a 15 year mortgage to kill that upfront interest. That's, that's, uh, all this, all this front loaded interest on these, on these loans, on these loans right now. And I know that's generally not a good idea, but you know, with a seven and a half percent return annually, and you're talking about six, 6.5% interest, uh, you know, you're going to pay that in interest over the course, you know, you're going to, that, that hundred thousand dollars is going to make, you know, of roughly 450 over the course of 20 years. And you're going to pay that roughly in interest over the course of the loan. So my question is, is, you know, normally that's not a good idea to do, but is there an edge case where that might be okay, especially if it affords me a lot more money to invest over time, given my monthly output? I want to borrow a 30% interest to put more down on my house so that I can save yeah. the interest, so I can save interest over time. No, that doesn't make sense. And are you yeah, in a so tw- are you in a 20% tax bracket? Um Almost. So, uh, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm making 150 a year. You're not a 20 per, you're in a 30% tax bracket. No. So this is not sure. a 30% hit. Yeah. It's a 40% hit. I see. Okay. You have a 10% penalty so, plus your tax hit. So it would be 40, it would be 40%. Yeah. On that. Yeah. 10%, nah, 10% plus your so, tax rate. So all of a sudden it gets so, even it gets even more evil. No, we're not doing that. No, I, I would I would stay away from that. Now, here, and here's the other thing: the other piece of information you've got that's wrong somehow is that mortgages are front loaded with interest. They're not. They're not. Okay. You pay more interest on the front end because a an amortization has a level payment, yeah. and the portion of your payment that goes to interest goes down as the balance goes down. And Correct. so there is more yeah. interest on the front end, but it's not front loaded. It's calculated on the outstanding balance. So there's not exactly. a front. Yeah. Okay. 30, so I guess 30 years, time, the 30 years are an extra yeah. 15 years of interest payments. Yes. And, and yes, we don't want to do 30 years, but it's not front loaded with interest. It's it's the interest is calculated on the outstanding balance on all mortgages, except for some kind of subprime garbage. But I mean, a, a traditional conventional mortgage is calculated like simple interest. So in that case, I guess it would be better to take that 401k and either roll it over into an IRA or into my current 401k. I'd roll it to an IRA. And then, and then, yeah. And then just, uh, make, uh, take whatever money we get from the house and and buy a house and buy a house that you can put on a 15 year. Yeah. Buy a house that we can put on a 15 year that, yeah, I guess that's probably the better way. That's going to end. That's going to be at the end of the story, the biggest pile of wealth. Of any of the yeah, options we've exactly. discussed, that will give you the biggest well, power. I mean, that's my ultimate goal. Is because the current house that I have now is on thirty. It was on thirty year because I didn't have a lot of money saved whenever I bought the house. But I since uh, I've since paid off a good like I paid off all my school loans. I don't have any credit card debt. The only other debt I have is just the, my truck, which is uh, I owe seventeen thousand dollars on my truck. But that's that's it. Like I never, I don't have any other debt other than that. Okay. Well, let's get um, that. Let's get that cleaned up. That's standing between you and wealth too. So right. Yeah. We don't exactly. keep that. We don't well, keep that around making... like it's a pet and call it smart. It's not. Yeah. And there's also a, a third thing here, Dave. And I always um, a, a light bulb goes off for me when somebody paints an either or picture. Either I cash out this four hundred one to do X or 
I just got to pay this thing out over 30 years. There's always a third option. Yeah. And the third option here is, no, pay extra on that loan. Yeah, and, buy, and buy a house you can afford yeah. on a 15. Don't, don't pet it for 15 years. Get yeah. rid of it in seven. Get yeah. rid of it in six, right? Exactly. Um, don't just sit on it, right? And so then that all those calculations you're doing on the back of a napkin that, A, were incorrect, but B, feel like they make sense. They don't make they don't make sense if you just get rid of the loan completely. Yeah, the loan's going to be gone anyway. Just pay it off. Yeah. yeah, pay it off. So the typical millionaire pays off their home in the study that we did in eleven point three years. Okay, the that's the average, uh, and the average millionaire in the study that was following the Ramsey stuff does it in one year sooner, ten point two years, and so a lot of people, a lot, do it in seven. What you're what you're describing, John. And, but you do that based on the home you purchase, and so you're not maxing out. the. We're going to get the biggest possible home that anyone will loan us enough money to do on any kind of – so we're going to get a 30-year adjustable rate maxed to the wall because we want to get the biggest po- – that does not work. No. You know, so you're buying a more modest home. You're, you're stepping back to do this and do it right. And that's the smart way to do it. And so one of the most important the good things, news is, Sam, you're asking the questions and you're thinking. Yeah, yeah, good for you, man. One of the most important things you wrote in Baby Step Millionaires, I think one of my biggest takeaways, that it was an aha moment for me, was a million dollars is not a billion. And we get this idea of a millionaire is like, I'm going to be able to... No, it takes 10 years. It's a long time. Mm-hmm. Most people, it takes a long time. Relax, relax. It takes mm-hmm. a long time, and it's frustrating, and it's slow. And if you can speed it up, awesome. But it's not about getting a billion dollars and being able to pay off everybody's houses and buy a bunch of – no, man. It's about discipline over time. Yep. Elizabeth's in Atlanta. Hi, Elizabeth. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for taking my call. This is a huge honor to well, be able to speak to you guys. Our honor as well. How can we help? <laughs> well, my daughter, sweet little girl, just graduated from college in May, and – She's living in the big city, 12 hours away, and Saturday I got a call saying, Mommy, they ran my card, my debit card, for my whole balance that was in my savings account, because her checking is connected to her savings, and she was freaking out and wondering what to do, and so I told her to I'm sorry, who did? What do you mean they ran? Who's they? A merchant. A merchant ran her card. And took her debit card and took and all of her full, money out of it. Yeah, it she had like thirty eight, thirty eight hundred, four thousand dollars in the account, and they ran it for thirty. So they stole her money. Pretty much, I think it was it was a. They told her it was a keying error. And oh, then they so, put it. So they put it back. They did put it back. Oh, okay, all right. So what's the problem? Well, she now because they she's done that or that happened to her. She was without that funds and those funds until it until it it posted to her account on Tuesday yes today and so her her now she's wanting to get a credit card and I'm trying to tell her that that's not the what she needs to do she has no debt she has no here's um, what she needs to do disconnect your freaking savings account from your checking account (laughs) ta-da now we're safe Every time I get a flat tire, I don't get rid of cars and go back to riding a horse. Okay. Like, just because well, no, I, had, I, I, mean, I had a thing, it stinks, but doing something that I know is going to get me in trouble statistically. This did not expose that the debit card is a problem. It exposed that she has her savings account <laughs> attached to her debit card. That's what it exposed. Yeah. Yeah. I've never had that happen because I don't have that. 
And I've had debit cards since they came out 25 years ago. Well, that was going to be my question. She, you know, she uses her, it runs as a, as a um, overdraft protection. So she's no. not, you know. Don't have overdraft protection. Hey, hey, here, you know what overdraft protection is? Balance your freaking checking account. Hey, Elizabeth, Amen. here's the bigger uh-huh. question. How do you convince your daughter who just graduated college and who's making her way in the world to do a thing? That you can't. You can't. So you used to be able to tell her what to do. Now you have to sit down over coffee and say, hey, I don't think this is a great decision. Here's some decisions we've made where it's backfired on me and our family. And then you got to hold her hand while she goes and has to learn some things the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. And... This did not expose the weakness of the debit card system. It exposed the weakness of your daughter's system. That, that's the thing she needs to get. If she gets that, it'll, she, she'll be convinced. This is The Ramsey Show. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Thanks for joining us. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Hey, if you are a new listener out there and you want to know kind of where you fit into all this stuff, there's a free thing you can do at RamseySolutions.com. It's the GSA, the Get Started Assessment. Click the Get Started button, and we'll help you figure out where you are and what your next steps are. Be sure and click it there at RamseySolutions.com. Sam is with us in St. Louis. Hey, Sam, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, how are you guys? Better than we deserve, sir. How can we help? So I am 26 years old. Um, been listening to you guys kind of on and off for a few months. I'm actually in the industry. Uh, I work in wealth management. Um, I have no debt. I'm just kind of curious what your advice to a 26-year-old who really doesn't have a need for a house but has a little bit of money, um, kind of need a car here soon but i'm just kind of feeling a little stuck with all the options so good i wanted for you. to get, get y'all's thoughts good for you well done what do you make uh fifty six thousand. that's before um any bonus or anything total okay. it's probably around 63 64 okay very good 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 start man well done well you're right we would first have an emergency fund of three to six months of expenses in liquid cash meaning some kind of high yield savings account money market type thing Right, just mm-hmm. sit, sitting there just for emergencies. Uh, and then I'd have a car fund or saving to pay cash for this next car. Um, and once that's maxed out, then I think you're probably building wealth for, and I'd be doing that while I'm saving 15% of my income into retirement. So I'd be in your 401k or Roth IRAs and good growth stock mutual funds, 15% of your income going into that. And, and then beyond that, since you don't have a house and don't have a need or a want for a house today, I would start building a house fund because okay. long-term you do want to be an owner in the real estate business because 100% of the time rents go up over time. Mm-hmm. And so your largest line item in your budget is housing and it's going to go up every year until you become an owner. So it's not, it's not the end of the world. If you want to go for the next four or five years and be a renter, that's fine. But don't go 40 years because ask people, <laughs> yeah. what, ask people what real estate costs 40 years ago. You know, it's a different thing, right? Right. Right. And that's kind of, kind of where I guess I'm a little feeling a little stuck is I'm, I'm taking 6% getting that match, um, out of my 401k mm-hmm. and then I'm only living off of, um, 65% of the rest. So yeah. I'm immediately saving 35%. Good for you. Um, yeah, you're, you're a natural saver. Yeah. yeah, so let, let's make sure you're getting a full 15% into retirement of your income. 
and then let's make sure the emergency fund's in place and the car fund's going. Beyond that, I'm going to just start take take something like an S&P 500 fund and start throwing money in it. And then about four years from now, five years from now, maybe you've met someone, maybe you're married, you're in a position, you got a couple hundred grand laying there and you can buy a house or put down a huge downstroke on a house, one of the two. And that gets you ready. You just don't want to be out of the real estate market permanently as a home owner. It, it doesn't bode well for, it destabilizes your retirement years to, to not be the owner of the property you're in. It adds, um, it's anxiety, John. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's something about owning your house free and clear that that wipes a lot of that anxiety off the table. Yeah, got a, his new book goes on has gone on sale today. Building a non anxious life, and you know, an, an element of you know we call it financial peace. You know, when you don't have any debt, and you you know, so someday, Sam, you own a paid for property as a part of your wealth mix. It adds peace to your life. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Devin is in Columbia, South Carolina. Hi, Devin. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, thank you. Sure, what's up? Um, so I am trying to figure out how to get out from underneath of a land loan that um, we had purchased a few weeks or a few years ago, or I guess about a year and a half ago. Did you say and a land loan? Yes, we brought we bought twenty seven acres of land, okay. uh, hoping to build a home. Uh, life changed. That didn't happen. Prices were ridiculous for what we were trying to do, and we weren't trying to build anything crazy. Just that we were a growing family and <clears throat> wanted land, um, but it didn't work out, and we decided to just go with a different home. And now we're just trying to sell the land, and I'm having a hard time getting it sold. Um, How long has it been on the market? It's been listed since about March of this year. I think. What are you it asking was. for it? Uh, one forty-seven five is what the latest listing price is. We and what do you owe on it? Uh, about ninety. And what'd you pay for it? One ten. And we'd put down about twenty thousand cash. Okay, you paid one ten, and you're asking one forty-seven, and you've owned it how long? Since December of twenty twenty-one. So what makes you think it went up thirty-seven thousand dollars during that time? Well, I guess the housing market had gone up. So you guessed. Um, yeah. And, and now you've got your land price. overpriced and you're bitching because it didn't sell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you might say that. Yeah. I mean, we have looked at per acre size in the area. And, and right now, most per acre in the area Asking? is about 11000 Asking or sold? Well, and that somebody just asked me that yesterday, and I don't. I yeah. I'd have to go. I back can ask anything. You never you never <laughs> use asking price for appraisal. <laughs> there's idiots yeah. asking all kinds of things out there, but if there's actual sales in the area mm-hmm. of similar sized tracks at eleven thousand dollars an acre, then you have an appraisal item that you can use a data to appraise. But I, I shopped around, and somebody said somebody sold it. No, 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 no. Right. I, I want to know what it really okay. sold for. I want. I want. Do you have a real estate agent? We do, and he's he's great. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't. He hasn't informed you of your price and how yeah. how to how to price it. He priced it the way you told him to price it. That's not his job. His job is to tell you what your actual value is and not take a listing that's overpriced because what he's going to end up with is a dissatisfied customer because he hasn't been able to sell her property because he allowed her to price it too high. Maybe. 
I don't know. I you're think right. you did, though. You're probably right. No, I think you're you probably did. right. Yeah, I think we figured out why it hadn't sold. Drop your price. I mean, find out what it's really worth. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm wrong. Let's let's find out what it's really worth, though. Actual data, and call your real okay. estate agent. And say I need to know what this is really worth, and I'm not paying for an appraisal. You dig up some comps, and let's figure out what this stinking thing's worth. And your real estate agent ought to be able to do that in about an hour, and if they you know know how to basically run the MLS computer, and, and then. Uh, then you can figure out if you've got it overpriced and price it right. Okay, you can't, you know, th- this market has slowed down and people overpaying for stuff because they're in a feeding frenzy is over. That's done. Nobody, there's very few markets that are doing that. There's some kind of 83 offers over the weekend crap. That stuff's gone, okay? Apparently, we've kind of gone back to more of a normal real estate world where stays, stuff stays on the market three to four months if priced properly. And you don't get to price it like you wish you could. And if there's any, this is purely anecdotal, um, but there's a lot more signs in the rural area where I live for 15 acres or 20 acres or 30 acres. And they're just all still sitting out there. And there was a season Uh a year ago when you couldn't run fast enough over there to get it. There was no signs. They never went to market. And so it made sense. But I don't think we had a 37% increase in columbia south carolina in raw land prices in in one year yeah and, and that's if, what she's proposing even and I if we did that. if you have a loan that you need to get rid of you price it right and you price it right it. and get rid of it yeah because yeah. every month you're sitting there paying it you just become a motivated seller right you know so yeah I, look if i'm in your shoes Devin, i'm gonna get to the bottom of this if your real estate agent can't then get a new real estate agent and let's let's find out what it's actually worth and let's price it a little bit below that let me ask you this a guy who's sold and bought a lot of properties um let's say i bought a I bought a bought a piece of land for 100 grand like she did 110 grand it's priced at 137 but i need this loan gone mm-hmm. would you ever drop it to what i paid for it to or you know 116 to, to get my money just I'm get rid I'm of the loan i'm gonna price it at what i no i mean it, there's no it's not being repoed she's not in a panic okay just motivated yeah. I just want to get rid of it. So let's price it properly okay. and it'll sell within, you know, 90 days. If it doesn't drop it a little more, it'll sell. You get rid of it. This is the Ramsey show. Thank you for joining us, America. Hey, it's Dr. John Deloney. If you like what you heard in this episode and want to know more about getting started on the Ramsey Baby Steps, go to RamseySolutions.com and click on the Get Started button. We'll help you figure out the best next step for you based on your specific situation. That's RamseySolutions.com and click Get Started.